1: Greetings, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and along with Archbishop Alexander Sample, we have an opportunity today to go on pilgrimage to Rome and to Ireland. So, Archbishop, I know as we're recording this, it's been only about two days or less (laughs) since you've (laughs) entered the country again. Welcome back, and thank you for being with us today. Please begin this time in prayer.
2: Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father... We, your people, are truly pilgrims, pilgrims on our way through this life to that eternal life which you have prepared for us in heaven. We ask you to be with all of us on our pilgrim way, sustain us on our journey, fill us with your grace and your love so that we may remain faithful. Father, we place this radio time in your hands, hoping that through us you may inspire in the hearts of your people a greater faith, hope, and love. All of this we ask through Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom.
1: Pray for us. Our Lady of Knock. Pray for us.
2: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, I know a lot of folks who do follow you on Facebook <laughs> were excited to see the different pictures that you were able to post from different locations, but you had a nice opportunity to head to Rome and then to Ireland. So just first off, Archbishop, give us a sense of the opportunity to go on this pilgrimage and some of those that you were able to travel with.
2: Right. Uh, this 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 actually is, is is slowly becoming a little bit of a tradition. Uh, for me, um, what, what happens is every year, uh, the men that we have studying for the priesthood in Rome, the seminarians we have at the North American College in Rome, and if we have any uh, priests studying over there, they all, as a group, uh, after exams uh, around this time of the year, go on a pilgrimage somewhere as a diocesan group. Uh, it's a, it's a long standing tradition, I'm told, here actually in the archdiocese. Uh, so they go to various, you know, holy places, uh, mainly, you know, in, in, in the area of Europe. So I think it was three years ago I was planning a trip over to Rome to visit the guys, and I hadn't been there and to visit the seminary and, and visit them. Uh, and we I, I were trying to f- coordinate dates, and they said, well, Archbishop, you can't come this weekend because we'll be on pilgrimage. And I looked at that weekend, and it was like a perfect weekend for me. So I said, well, what would you guys think if your archbishop joined you on the archdiocesan pilgrimage? Well, of course, they, they thought yeah. that was great. <laughs> so I went over, uh, and that year we went to Lourdes, and it was my first time mm-hmm. to Lourdes. So I, I, I went on pilgrimage with our men from Rome uh, to, to Lourdes. And then the, the year after that, we went and walked in some of the footsteps of St. Paul in Greece, in Corinth, and Athens. Um, we weren't able to do anything last year because of COVID, uh, but this year, the guys decided they wanted to go on pilgrimage to Ireland and uh, specifically to go to the shrine uh, uh, at Nock, uh, the shrine of Our Lady of Nock, which, quite honestly, I, I, especially within the last two, three years, I've had kind of a, a hunger to go there uh, because of a, a book that I read that maybe we can talk about. But anyway, so when they said, hey, we want to go to Ireland, I said, oh, I'm all in. Uh, so it, 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 it becomes this this way that uh, we can go to some very holy and special places uh, associated with our Catholic faith, uh, but also to go together as pilgrims, as a group, uh, and especially uh, as, as Archbishop uh, to go with uh, uh, these wonderful men who are, are preparing to be our priests someday.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it was so beautiful, Archbishop, you mentioned in your prayer the pilgrimage to heaven. You know, that's the ultimate right. pilgrimage that we take. But maybe you just reflect a little bit about that concept of being a pilgrim—that—that right. that it's not just on a trip to to Rome, but every day we, we truly are, in a sense, a pilgrim on our journey with the Lord and to see the Lord face to face.
2: Exactly, you know. And and pilgrimage uh, is is a, a long, long-standing uh, religious tradition. Quite honestly, not just not just for Catholics, not just for Christians, but even other faiths. Uh, the the concept of doing pilgrimage. Uh, It seems to be somehow uh, rooted almost in human nature that uh, this idea that I I travel from where I am to a holy destination. And the idea is that in traveling to this holy place, we expect uh, to receive from our Lord some special grace associated with with that, that journey. You know, for a true pilgrim, it isn't just about the destination, and that, that, that's the important thing about pilgrimage, uh, is that it isn't just about getting to a place. It's about the journey, going there also. You know, as, 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 as you men, made reference to in my prayer, our life in this world, we are, we are a pilgrim people. In fact, uh, at the Second Vatican Council in the, in the uh, dogmatic constitution on the church, uh, Lumen Gentium, the council father spoke about a pilgrim church that we are not ultimately at home in this world. This world, uh, actually, we are only passing through it uh, on our way to our home, to our heavenly homeland, the place where we really belong. Uh, so we are a pilgrim church. Uh, we are a pilgrim people. And so the, this idea of religious pilgrimage for the Catholic is, is sort of a symbol of that, uh, a way of living that out in a, in a, in a profound way but you're right. Uh, every day is a pilgrimage because we're we're on that that way, if you will, home to to the Father, our true home. Uh, we're 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 in a certain sense strangers in the world, uh, you might say. But the idea of the pilgrimage is that it isn't it isn't just the destination, the holy place to which we are going, but it's also about the journey to get there, uh, and which again is symbolic of our life, right? right. Yes, we all want to look forward to the day uh, when, God willing, pray, 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 Lord, that we enter into our heavenly homeland in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, yeah, sure, we look forward to that day. But as you say, uh, Dina Marie, every day mm-hmm. uh, is, is part of a pilgrimage, and it's the journey. It's the journey through this life. I mean, God could have simply created us and then whisked us up to heaven. But instead, he, he gives us life in this in this world, and there's something about the time in this world, where we come to know God uh, better, we come to love Him, uh, we come to love our neighbor. We're sanctified, we grow in holiness, and we prepare ourselves for that ultimate destiny. And in the the life in this world, and the trials even that we go through in this world, are certain ways that our faith is tested, our charity is 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 put to the test, uh, and and we hope uh, in, in the promises of Jesus that they will be fulfilled for us. So, so that's the whole idea of pilgrimage is, is it's the journey as well. And it's the hardships of the journey. You know, it, it's not a vacation and this is what, you know, we got to get, uh, have to get clear in our mind, you know, going on a pilgrimage is not like going on vacation. You know, we're not going to Cancun, Uh, you know, just to enjoy and relax ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with going on vacation. We should go on vacation and relax. But a pilgrimage is something different. A pilgrimage is immersed in prayer and sacrifice. Uh, The inconveniences of of the journey are are a part of the experience, just like our sufferings in life are part of our life uh, journey and pilgrimage home to heaven. So... This this whole idea of, of the little inconveniences and the hardships that come along in the journey. We don't in other words, we don't try to make it a luxurious um, uh, experience, but uh, you know, we, we, we want we want in a sense some of the hardships, so we have sacrifices to make along the way. Uh, in in the in the sense of pilgrimage that that bring us greater outpouring of God's graces, you know the whole idea of one of the great pilgrimages in the Catholic tradition, of course, is to do the Camino uh, in in Spain to uh, uh, Santiago de Compostela, um, and it's 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 the walking, it's the journey, it's the hardship, it's the blisters, it's the mm-hmm. bad food, it's the maybe not so comfortable bed along the way, but you know it's 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 really all about that that the journey as well as arriving at the destination.
1: Right, right. You mentioned that you were really looking forward to Our Lady of Knock and Ireland. Maybe just some of what you were kind of hopeful for, for an experience or to see, or what were some of the things on the itinerary that you really were wanting to yeah, take a look the, at. the
2: primary, it was, it was a rather short pilgrimage. You know, we, we left Rome on um, Wednesday morning um, and didn't get into... Uh, we went all the way over. Uh, we flew into Dublin and drove across Ireland to the west coast to Galway, and you're just north of Galway. And uh, so we didn't get in until you know nighttime, and and then we all left Sunday morning. So we really only had full days of of you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you know, there wasn't a lot we could do. The highlight and the main purpose was to go to the shrine of Our Lady at Knock. And then we also you know, wanted to visit where else we could, of sacred places. We visited the cathedral in Galway and, and the cathedral in Tuam. And we ended, actually, the uh, 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 experience there with a very unplanned and unexpected and, and was not on our itinerary at all and turned out to be one of the highlights of the trip uh, was to visit uh, the Benedictine Monastery at, at Silverstream, the Silverstream Priory, which is just north of, of Dublin. So on our way back, we stopped there, and it's a relatively new community of monks founded by an American Hmm. uh, monk, uh, uh, Dom Mark Kirby, Um, and uh, they have, I think, 17 in the monastery there, mostly all very young men who are are living a really authentic, uh, I would almost say a very austere form of Benedictine life. Uh, So that got to be a great blessing, and it was unplanned. Mm -hmm. But Our Lady arranged that at Nock for us because it was at Nock where we uh, got to know a layman who is a classmate of one of our seminarians uh, who knows uh, the community there at Silver Stream and was able to pave the way to make arrangements for us. we went there. Uh, and we uh I celebrated holy mass with the community there the communal mass for the monastery uh we we had made a wonderful eucharistic holy hour there and and just got to meet uh, these wonderful holy men so so these were kind of the principal parts of our pilgrimage but it was it was our lady of knock and there's a book I mean I've heard of our lady of knock but really didn't know too much about the the, the apparition there in the shrine uh, but there's a book uh, out now that's uh, very popular among priests and seminarians called Insinu Iesu. Uh, it's, it's revelations that our Lord gave to a Benedictine monk uh, in Ireland who happens to be at Silver Stream Abbey. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it's an anonymous monk in, in the name of the book and everything, but... Uh, the monk who received these revelations from our Lord is, is one of the monks there at Silverstream Priory that we are able to visit at the end of the trip. So again, I and I read this book, I think, three years ago now, and it had a profound impact on my life. And really it began, it was the beginning of this work that the Lord has been doing in my life for the last three years or so, where I think a real work of the Holy Spirit. There's just one thing after another. But it began really with this book, and so it had great meaning for me so to be able to meet the monk and, and I spent about an hour in conversation with him. Um, very powerful experience. But um, but it, but in the book, in, in, in this book, when this monk was on, on pilgrimage to Knock, Our Lady spoke to him there. And Our Lady said, this is a place for priests. I want priests to come here mm-hmm. to, to, to visit Knock, to visit me here. And he said, I want bishops to bring their priests here. Wow, and you know, so I, I found those passages in the book in Sinu Jesu. and while we were there at Knock, I I read them those words again, the message of Our Lady at Knock to, to priests and to bishops, I and then I had each of the uh, of the men that were there with me on pilgrimage, our seminarians and and one of our priests, uh, read it as well there in, in presence of the site of the apparition there at Knock, and. Uh, it was a very powerful time of prayer uh, because the, the, the apparition at Knock is, is a very unique apparition. It, there was no speaking. Our Lady did not speak. She appeared, I think, over a course of a couple of hours. But along with St. Joseph, uh, St. John the Apostle, and the image of a, of a, of a lamb on, uh, before an, on top of an altar and a big cross uh, above the Lamb, and this was the apparition. It As it was fifteen people uh, mm. witnessed this apparition for about two hours in the rain, watching this this, this vision, and uh, it was it was upheld and, and found to be credible, and um, so. But it's very it's it, in a certain sense it's very priestly because Our Lady is there with uh, Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. And she invites priests to to see themselves with, with Joseph, but also, uh, you know, Saint John the Evangelist, the beloved disciple, uh, you know, in Jesus entrusted uh, Mary uh, to Saint John as mother, and John to 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 Mary as as, as her son uh, from the cross, uh, and then of course the Eucharistic symbolism of the Lamb on the altar and the cross, so it's considered kind of a very almost a Eucharistic shrine but also very important for priests. So I, I just, I, I have to say, you know, and I don't, um, you know, I don't get visions or hear voices or, or have those things, but I had this deep sense of, of two things there at Knock. One was that, and I told them in this uh, <clears throat> as we prepared to, to, to go in, that I, I had this deep sense that Our Lady had a very special grace for each of these men. There were six of us all together. But that each one of us has a particular need right now and a grace that that we long for, and that Our Lady is going to give us each a grace here that is unique to us and to where we are at in our own spiritual journey. Uh, So I had a very strong sense of that, that, that she has something there for us. And for me personally, I felt as if I had this deep sense in prayer before the image there of Our Lady, because uh, they have what they have is a they have statues that re represent uh, the images of the of the of the apparition. <clears throat> and praying before Our Lady. Having read those words, I think about three years ago now in Yezer. I mean, I read those words, and you know, where she wants priests to go to Knock and bishops to take their priests to Knock, and I'm thinking, yeah, when am I ever going to get to Knock, right? <laughs> uh, and then I didn't direct where these men wanted to go on their pilgrimage this year; they wanted to go to Ireland and specifically to Knock, and I thought, okay, that's uh, more than more than coincidental, but I had this deep sense in prayer there, uh, of Our Lady saying to me, and again, folks, don't misunderstand me. I don't hear voices. I don't claim to be a visionary or anything like that. But I felt Our Lady saying to me, I have been waiting for you here. I have been waiting for you. And uh, what you are longing for, I, I want to give you here. And you know, there's some healing from some woundedness that I have in my own life that I've been talking about more more publicly and lately, um, and uh, I just feel that Our Lady very much wanted uh, me to receive that very special grace for me. So I, I think I kind of know what she wanted to give me there. It was just a very beautiful, peaceful, uh, peaceful place.
1: You know, as you're reflecting, Archbishop, and you and you mentioned it earlier on too, this sense of Grace and when we put ourselves at the mercy of God, when we put ourselves in surrender on a pilgrimage, going to a place we don't really kind of know where are we going to end up, but there's a a willingness to receive something that we have that's bigger than us. This, mm-hmm. this grace you're talking about, but maybe talk a little bit more about how maybe you saw that happening within that small group of men, or or just that. That God does want to bless us if we're willing to receive the gift.
2: Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I didn't I didn't ask the men uh, to reveal to me, you know, mm-hmm. what our our Lord was doing in their hearts during that time, um, but I could see, uh, I could see them in prayer. I mean, you you got to realize what an incredible experience it is to to be in prayer with with men of, of deep faith a commitment who are seeking and searching for holiness and i just again i just had this sense that that each is a, each of us is unique and these are these are five men who have very different backgrounds very different personalities different gifts but each of them there i had this deep sense was was receiving something from our lord through our lady uh that was meant for them very personally. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's hard to describe that sense that I had. That it was very strong on my heart. And, and so I think that when we go to these special places, there's something waiting for us there. And I think that that's, that's the sense I have, especially here at Nock. But also I remember two years or three years ago when I traveled with our men in Rome to Lourdes, Again, I had the same sense. Of course, I have such a devotion to our Blessed Mother, and so maybe I'm just imagining things and putting words in her mouth, so to speak. But I had the same sense at Lourdes that she called me there uh, for, for a reason, uh, and this thread of, of, of our Blessed Mother. And I just it's just this strong sense that I've been waiting for you here and a strong sense of her love uh, for me and and that she's that she's interceding for me. So yeah, it was it's just that kind of a and I and I again I I, I presume the men had a, had a similar experience. I mean they were very deeply in prayer uh, before uh, the shrine uh, there, and of course in, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament too in the tabernacle. Um, there's also another uh, funny not funny funny in the sense of 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 uh, wow the Lord just keeps doing this. There's, there's been this thread in my time in, in, in these, well, throughout my life, but especially in these last couple of years of St. Therese of Lisieux, the mm-hmm. little flower. And uh, she was instrumental in all of this as well. And uh, when I got to the Silverstream, when we arrived at Silverstream Priory and we were brought in, and I was going to have mass fairly shortly after we arrived, I went into the sacristy and I was... Uh, getting meeting all of the monks, they were being coming one one by one into the sacristy to to meet me, uh, but I glanced up and here's this huge image of Saint Therese of Lisieux, and you know, and she's one of those. It was one of those images where she's just really staring at you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I said, I, I looked, I said, oh, there's there's my beloved Saint Therese, and I said, I said, and I said to them, I said, she's been this real theme in my life in the last couple of years. And I, we, that's a whole nother we could do a whole other program on mm-hmm. that. But it's been very clear to me that she wants to partner with me. She wants to be my sister, my friend, my partner in praying for my priests, in helping me work with my priests and develop a closer relationship with them to help us all be sanctified together. Uh, that she's playing a big role in this. And there she is. And then I come to find out that uh, she's been was very instrumental in the founding of that of that monastery. That's why her image is there, and there's a great devotion to Saint Therese in Ireland. A huge devotion to, mm-hmm. to Therese in Ireland, which I didn't know about, but you kept running into it. You know, so she just keeps popping up. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's more than just coincidence. Uh, it's just so I guess I guess uh, Dina Marie, what I'm beginning to see in, in these more recent times is just how marvelous God is at work in our lives. And, and, and if we would stop and pay attention and take notice, we can see how, how he is working. Uh, and he works through other people. He works through the saints. And he works through these experiences uh, like I was able to have on, on pilgrimage. But, I would, but, you know, some people can't, obviously, go all the way to Ireland or or France or anywhere else uh, in Europe on pilgrimage. But there are plenty of places to make pilgrimage. So you can reproduce the pilgrimage idea on a much smaller scale. You know, we've got beautiful places here in in Oregon to make pilgrimage to. You know, people make pilgrimages to the Shrine of Our Lady of Sorrows, you know, at the Grotto. Uh, We've got uh, many historical churches. Uh, uh, One of the most historical is the church in in St. Paul, you know, where Archbishop Blanchet, you know, first came. Uh, so we can make these pilgrimages to, to sacred places. But again, with that idea of, of going and wanting to receive a grace. And it, to, back to that, that question, we go on pilgrimage because the Lord is waiting there for us to give us some special grace. Uh, and it helps us grow in, in our love for him, our love for one another, deepens our faith, strengthens our faith, and gives us hope. Uh, especially when, when when times are difficult a lot of people make pilgrimages when they're going through particular difficulties and sufferings in life mm-hmm. you know you hear the beautiful stories about people who make the pilgrimage to Our Lady of Guadalupe you know in Mexico and those last I don't know how what the distance is but the, that last part of it sometimes on their knees just such beautiful expressions of devotion uh, uh, among our people but so make I, I wouldn't urge anyone to, to, to plan a pilgrimage do yeah. a pilgrimage and it's not a vacation. Do it, do it as a true spiritual journey.
1: Right, right. And I think as we close, you have that sense, you have that mountaintop experience, but we know the Lord is preparing us to go back into our daily lives, into how we witness to him, how we give glory to him, how we live out fully our, our vocation. So it's not like you rest in that grace. But now it should give you fuel,
2: exactly. Archbishop,
1: and so now the work has to be done, right? <laughs>
2: exactly, and you know I often say that you know when we have those mountaintop experiences, we call them whether it's a retreat that we went on that deeply touched us, or a pilgrimage like this, or we have some kind of a spiritual experience in our life. That's just one of those peak moments. The, I, mm-hmm. I call them the transfiguration experiences. You know, it's it's not so much what happens in the moment as as beautiful and wonderful as those are the most important part of those experiences is what comes after yeah. how how do how does the fruit of that experience uh, come to be in in our lives you know the uh, the transfiguration on the mountaintop you know yes it was a grand experience for for uh, you know peter james and john to experience that uh, jesus transfigured but what was more important is not what happened on the mountain but what happened when they came down from the mountain yeah. and then had to go back into the 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 mystery of the Paschal mystery of our Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're glad you're home safe and sound. Jet and lagged. Jet lagged. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll extend our conversation next week to hear a little bit more about some of those encounters, but also about some of our men in the seminary. So would you please help us close with your blessing? Indeed.
2: Through the intercession of Our Lady of Knock, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you, your families, your loved ones, and be with you forever. Amen.
1: Amen. And thank you for joining us on this edition of The Voice of the Shepherd. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.